Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. How's that sound, Mr. Producer? 877-381-3811. I promise I'll take calls today. 877-381-3811. A lot of compelling and intriguing material to get to, though. I want to start with something that you might be surprised I'm starting with. This former Defense Secretary, Esper, he's written a book. Don't they all? Not a good book, but a kiss and tell book. And uh, I have to read this in the, literally, in the Jerusalem Post. Former U.S. Defense Secretary Trump proposed assassinating senior Iranian officer. Just listen. In addition, he came up with an idea to dip the decapitated head of a terrorist leader in pig blood as a warning to other Islamist militants, writes Esper in his memoir. It's a memoir. It's all about Trump. So it says, former U.S. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper has written a memoir about his time at the White House, including time spent alongside former President Donald Trump. He's one of the uh, shortest-serving secretaries of defense. Excerpts released on Friday today show that Trump has proposed eliminating a senior Iranian officer operating outside of the country. It was a really bad idea with big implications, wrote Esper. According to the book, the idea came up before the 2020 elections. In the book, the former U.S. Secretary wrote that in a conversation with the then U.S. Chief of Staff, that's the President, he learned that the, oops, what happened here? He learned, excuse me, that the former National Security Advisor told him about Trump's plans. We've been aware of this Iranian officer and the trouble he was causing in the area for some time, but why now? What was urgent? What was there, a near threat? What about convening the national security team to discuss it? I didn't believe it, he writes. He said, I've seen this movie before where White House aides meet with the president 
refuel him and then present one of their great ideas, quote unquote. How come people in the White House weren't seeing this? In addition, he came up with an idea to dip the decapitated head of a terrorist leader in pig blood as a warning to other Islamist militants. In another part of the book, Esper writes that the then U.S. president came up with an idea to launch missiles at Mexico to destroy the drug labs and cartels, the New York Times reported. Oh, I see. The excerpts are in the New York Times. Man, oh, man, you really need to watch my Sunday show, folks. The entire show is about the New York Times. I really encourage you, not because it's me. I'm serious. Some people hang on the ratings and the ra- I'm not hanging on any ratings. The former president reasoned that Mexico had no control over its country and that no one would know it was us. Esper, who rejected the idea at the time, said, according to the New York Times, Esper recalls that he served as the U.S. Secretary of Defense under Trump, and on November 9, 2020, the former president announced the end of his term. His dismissal seemed inevitable since disagreements arose between him and former President Trump when the latter called for the deployment of military forces on the streets of Washington in light of George Floyd protests. Esper publicly opposed Trump's threat to pass the Insurrection Act of 1807 to use it which would allow the president to use active military forces to enforce the law. Trump was furious with it when Esper told reporters that the Insurrection Act should be invoked only in the most urgent and terrible situations, when he argued that there is no situation like that in the U.S. He claimed that Trump offered to shoot protesters during the George Floyd protests that took place near the White House. Trump's team declined to comment. Esper told the New York Times, I felt I was writing for history and for the American people calling the former president a man without principles who should not be in the role of a public servant. You know, uh, I despise people like this guy, Esper. How's a president, first of all, all aside these allegations? You heard Bill O'Reilly on this program the other night, last night. And he told you how Trump came up with the idea of, or how he came up with the idea and discussed it with President Trump where he would tell the president of Mexico, we're going to spend, send our special forces into your country to protect our people, to deal with your drug cartels if you don't. And then the president of Mexico's response was to use his army to help protect our borders. That's all good. Now, Esper says Trump talked about shooting missiles and so forth and so on. Let me explain a couple of things here. When you look at Esper... Quite frankly, to some extent, Bill Barr, you look at John Bolton, really irredeemable in so many respects. And they write books like this, telltale information. They're doing the same damage to the office of the presidency that the leaker did at the Supreme Court, leaking the first draft of Sam Alito's opinion. That is the majority opinion in the abortion matter. They make it impossible for a president to have confidences. In these three cases, you're talking about the Secretary of Defense, you're talking about the Attorney General of the United States, you're talking about a National Security Advisor. These are three of among the most important positions in the executive branch. How is a president supposed to speak in confidence or get confidential information? When a former attorney general, former secretary of defense, former national security advisor conduct themselves the way they have. And they were all dismissed, except Barr, 
was told to resign, and I guess he did, as I understand what Barr said, but it doesn't really matter how. They've done grave damage to the office of the presidency. And here's the other problem. These are one-sided accounts. You can put whatever you want in a book. Whatever you want, particularly when it comes to the president, since he effectively has no ability to strike back other than to speak out. He can't sue people who lie about him because the standard's way too high, thanks to the Supreme Court. So when somebody does this, it's despicable. It's like the Democrats don't want to talk about the leaker from the Supreme Court. And you're going to see cable shows and hosts, including people you love and like and admire, who are going to cite Esper. And just as they don't give a damn about who leaked and the purpose of the leak and, and the motivations and so forth of the leaker in the Supreme Court, they're not going to give a damn, just like the left, about the leakers in the case of Trump and the presidency. But as somebody who served for eight years under Ronald Reagan, for somebody who served under several cabinet members, it would never, ever occur to me, ever, to write about my personal conversations with a attorney general or his conversations with me or the secretary of interior or the secretary of education which just wouldn't occur to me what if somebody under esper or somebody under Barr or somebody who was under bolton did that to them how would they function so to me this is akin in many respects to what just happened at the Supreme Court. Now, you might say, well, that's different because there's always leaks. The fact that there's always leaks doesn't make it different. The reason why this leak at the Supreme Court is so abominable is because the court cannot function if the justices can't share briefs, drafts, edits, comments, as well as their law clerks. Well, if a president of the United States can't share thoughts, even assuming these are true, which I seriously doubt, but even assuming if they're true, can't share comments with his defense secretary, with his attorney general, with his national security advisor, then he can't function. He can't function. So Esper's to be condemned like all the rest of them. Why do you think I don't have these people on my radio or TV shows to talk about their books? Other people apparently don't have the same standards or principles. But as somebody who's worked in the Reagan administration, I project my thought process into the Trump administration. How the hell is Trump supposed to be getting confidential advice when the people are supposed to keep it confidential? Write books. And they know they can get away with it because there's really nothing to stop them other than their supposed honor and integrity and character. And, of course, they all get a payday. Every one of them got paid for these books. The reason I'm not talking about the others who've written books about Trump, I'm talking here about frontline, top-tier appointees, Esper, Barr, Bolton. You just don't conduct yourself that way. Just like if you're a law clerk or 
or some other position at the Supreme Court to have access to drafts that justices are writing and sharing with each other? You just don't act that way. And I would say the same thing about these congressmen and congresswomen who are running all over the place saying, look, it's not the leak that matters. It's what the leak was about. Really? Are they okay about their staff leaking? About what they said? They don't even allow the Freedom of Information Act to apply to Congress. That's how much they hide what they do. They don't want you to read their texts. They don't want you to read their emails, their documents, their letters, their phone conversations. So what do they do? They pass the Freedom of Information Act and exclude Congress. It's like the January 6th committee. They're grabbing texts. They're grabbing emails. They're grabbing whatever they can. They have no intention of ever making any of their information available so you can see how they're scheming and plotting behind the scenes and in the shadows. I would discourage radio hosts and TV hosts from putting authors like this on their programs. I would strongly discourage it. But you know what? They're still going to do it. They're sellouts to ratings. They're still going to do it. Not me. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all. Whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I want you to think about this in your own lives. Whether you work for somebody else or have your own small business or work in a major corporation, even in your personal family situations, you see how it completely breaks down with this with this trial with these two people, these two actors. There has to be some level of character, class. There has to be some level of loyalty. This guy Esper didn't resign in protest. He was fired. And so notice all these books put the individual who wrote them in the best light. In the best light. So Esper's shown as, ah, I put my foot down. I said no. He says no to the Insurrection Act. That was an outrageous usurpation of the power of the presidency. And I believe the Insurrection Act should have been triggered to put down many of these riots in the country. It's been triggered for a lot less by even recent presidents to put down less violence. So there was nothing wrong with that. In fact, what Esper did is outrageous. 
I guess Esper and Millie were kind of close because what Millie did was outrageous. Go around the commander in chief to talk to the head of the Communist Party military and say, don't worry about Trump. You know, we're not going to these things aren't going to happen and so forth. I mean, what you had here was a quasi coup. A quasi coup. By this defense secretary. And the head of the Joint Chiefs. Taking authority that doesn't belong to them. And the irony is they're dealing with a commander in chief who is quite hostile to using the military, only in the really most exceptional circumstances. Now, how many books have been written by former cabinet secretaries talking about Obama as president and their conversations with Obama and the stuff that they that they thought was outrageous or problematic? I don't know of any. You know why? Because they know the Democrat Party really is a party of one. They don't have the Susan Collinses and the Lisa Murkowskis and the Mitt Romneys and the Ben Sasses. They don't have them. And so they know that their hammer will come down should they dare to write a negative critique of Obama or Michelle Obama, they're treated like celebrities who've never done anything wrong, who've never said a bad thing, never had a scandal. Wow, it's amazing. It'll be a rare book indeed when Biden's done if anybody in the inner circle or in the cabinet writes a book about the fact that he had dementia, things that he said in private meetings and so forth and so on. This is really a sickness that is mostly on the Republican side of the aisle. And even Republicans now are saying things like, if it's a conservative law clerk, we'd be just as angry as we are if it's a liberal law clerk. Doesn't even make any sense. Why would a conservative law clerk leak this? But they have to come off like they're being fair and principled. They're stupid. They're stupid. The Democrat Party wants to take down the country. And in order to take down the country, it has to take down any opposition that's in its way. So there's Esper writing a book. Violating confidentiality. Doing as much damage to the office of the presidency as this leak of the first Alito draft did to the Supreme Court. Significant. Massive damage. Same with the others. And he will be celebrated as he pockets some cheap money. I'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why in Primus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. And Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, in Primus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive in Primus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today 
at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the most popular conservative author in America. Call in to the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. You know, it's like everything else. If a black person or Asian person or Hispanic person, you fill in the blank, is nominated to a high position, could be a judgeship, could be a big appointment in administration and so forth, but they're conservatives or people of deep faith. That's not a historic appointment. It's a controversial appointment. But if a radical leftist is appointed or nominated, has a Marxist background and cannot define a woman or refuses to, that's historic. If somebody were to leak on an Obama or a Pelosi or Schumer, wouldn't that be splendid, by the way? If somebody were to do that, that would be dastardly, evil. If a conservative clerk were to leak a first draft of an opinion that say Obamacare, where it looks like the court's going to rule for it, that that would be uh, that would warrant the guillotine. That would warrant the guillotine, right? And so here. They're not going to write books about Obama in a negative way and show how wonderful they were as cabinet secretaries or White House staff and so forth. And yet we get this endlessly with Republican presidents. And it's not just Trump, but especially Trump. We get this endless. It's cheap. It's tawdry. It's, it's a lousy, you know, deceiving way to make a buck. And it's the only way that they can publish a book. Nobody wants to hear from Esper. What does he have to say? Who the hell is this guy? Do something profound? No. So what does he do? He trashes Trump. Damages the institution of the Department of Defense. How would he like it if some generals were writing books about him? Or some lieutenant colonel wrote a book about him and his interactions with Esper and what a crackpot he was or what he thought he was. Would you like that? What happens? You saw what happened. I believe it was a colonel who went online, I believe it was Facebook, and condemned his leadership for what they did in Afghanistan. Well, you can't have that, Mark. That affects the, uh, the conduct in the military. You can't have the ranks Lower ranks undermining the higher ranks. Remember? Got all that. That guy was punished. He was drummed out of the military effectively. And yet there he is. The Secretary of Defense, former Secretary of Defense, does the same thing to the former Commander-in-Chief. Actually, doesn't do the same thing. Does much worse. Because that colonel was correct. And he put his entire career on the line. Esper hopes to enhance his career. 
They're setting the record straight, don't you know? John Polton pushed the, the edges of the envelope. Infuriated Judge Royce Lamberth, a federal judge. He knew better than this. I knew that I've known that guy for decades. People settling scores. I want to get it straight. Straight what happened. And they knew in the environment that was stacked against President Trump with the media, the publishing houses, and so forth. It would be all a one-way propaganda street. All one way. In the past, I've considered Bill Barr a friend. I like Bill Barr. He's a very, very nice, smart guy. Then I get a call. I'm not going to get into the specifics. Would I have him on the program? I said, sure. Is this a tell-all book? Well, there's some, you know, there's some stuff in there about it. Then I looked at it. I saw enough, and I said, no. But that's okay. He's been everywhere. Telling his story. I've never heard of an attorney general of the United States doing that before. Ever. To a president of the United States. I can't think of one. Not one. National Security Advisor, a Secretary of Defense. And this stuff goes on. It's okay. No big deal. And now we're going to regularize the leaking of drafts at the court or the leaking of conversations and other information. And the Democrats are all for it because it goes one way. It all goes one way. Now we have a leak. I have to assume by somebody who opposed what Alito had written and what this person thought the court would do. Because you see the reaction. And as I said early on, it all looks contrived. The backbenchers have picked up on that because they're smart to listen to this program. It looks all contrived, and I bet a lot of it is. It'd be really cool if the Republicans take the House. They should set up a May 3rd committee. A May 3rd committee with members appointed only by the Speaker, then presumably Kevin McCarthy. Only members of the committee who are going to give the Republicans what they want. No Democrat lawyers, no Democrat members, and you can't because they don't have the equivalent of a dizzy Lizzie Cheney over there. They don't have the equivalent of a head case Adam Kingsinger over there. So you can't even pretend to be bipartisan. By the way, did you see the announcement today from Pasaki about the new secretary, press secretary, Mr. Producer? First thing out of her mouth, she's part of the LGBTQI plus community. First of all, there's articles all over the place that her wife or husband or significant other is Susan Malvo, who works for CNN. Now, no ethical violation there. No concern there, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. She's a historic appointee. It's not controversial. No, no, no. There's no conflict of interest. So you got the outgoing press secretary running over to MSNBC, the incoming press secretary who is married to a reporter for CNN. No conflict. Hey, hey, come on now. 
no conflict at all. One of my focuses on this whole issue with the Supreme Court, the leak, and abortion, one of my many focuses, but one of my focuses has been on the lying, the flat-out lying that's being done by the media and the Democrat Party to create as much hysteria, and I will argue violence, as the 2020 summer of burning cities and the mayhem that ensued. This is what they want. They feel this helped get Biden in office. And they feel this will help defeat the, Demo- uh, the Republicans. J.B. Pritzker is a very wealthy man. He inherited most of his funds. He is a disastrous governor. Disastrous governor. He's a weird-looking dude, too, but that's beside the point. And so what happens at the morning schmo on MSLSD is they bring the reprobates because they are a conga line of reprobate hosts over there, and they bring in a conga line of reprobate guests. And Pritzker's one of them. J.B. Pritzker. What's this J.B., J.D.? What the hell's the guy's name? I don't know. Anyway, J.B. Pritzker. Man of the people, no doubt. So he's on the morning schmo. And one of the dumbest people in the media, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of dumb people. Mika Brzezinski Scarborough. Now, of course, compared to hubby Joey, she's Einstein. But compared to everybody else, she's not. She's an Einstein bagel. So she's asking Pritzker, the governor, about this this leaked draft. What are the consequences of this? Cut four, go. What does this open the door to? Well, you know, you're right to ask this question because uh, this is far beyond just uh, an attack on women's rights and women's reproductive rights in particular. I'm not going to let this pass ever. Women's rights and women's reproductive rights. Again, a reminder. A month ago, a Supreme Court nominee somebody who's going to be on the Supreme Court would not define what a woman is. Throughout the Biden presidency, he's been at war with womanhood. They have downgraded and degraded the whole idea of a woman. They've destroyed their sports in Title IX. But now they stand for women and women's rights. May I ask you a question, folks? Why do we let them get away with this? There's tens of millions of you who oppose them and their positions. And yet they talk about women's rights like they represent every woman. They talk about women's reproductive rights as if there's nobody else involved. Like it's a ham sandwich and not a baby. And yet the science tells us it's a baby. Okay, now that's been dealt with for the 4,000th time. But here we go again. Go. You know, they're coming after marriage equality next they're coming after birth control they're coming after employment and housing protections for marginalized and minority communities honestly i've never seen a a more virulent attack on people's rights than is occurring over the last couple of years and now culminating with this first decision but you can stop so you have a governor in illinois who uh is illiterate. And that's the best I can say. 
who didn't read the first riff. I was the first one to point this out. It's now being pointed out by other hosts because if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. That's why I spent over an hour on this when it first happened and read to you the paragraph right out of the decision where Justice Alito and the four constitutionalists agree this has nothing to do with any other right. Solely, only, particularly abortion. That's it. Case closed. Period. Door shut. That's what they said. So here you have this mental midget, this guy Pritzker, J.B. Pritzker, man of the people. Here you have him lying through his four teeth, lying through his teeth. They're coming after marriage equality. No, they're not. They're coming after birth control. Anybody in the world believe that? They're coming after employment and housing protections for marginalized minority communities. No, they're not. Honestly, honestly, that word coming out of your big fat mouth doesn't mean a damn thing. Honestly, I've never seen a more virulent attack over that. It's been occurring and culminating with this first decision. And the irony is, it's the Democrat Party that's attacking marriage and the nuclear family. They're making a mockery of marriage and a mockery of the nuclear family. They're attacking womanhood. They're attacking the family. And massive inflation and interest rates now, they're attacking the ability of marginalized Americans when it comes to housing. When the hell will Republicans learn how to respond to this? I guess that's why you listen to me. I guess that's why. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So we have another historic appointment at the White House here. The whitest woman ever to walk on Earth celebrates the historic appointment of an individual who's both black and LGBTQ, I think she means gay, which is fine by me. I don't remember Rick Grinnell, but ladies and gentlemen, we have a historic appointment. Rick Grinnell is the acting director of National Intel, 
a gay man over... Uh, who cares? The guy's a this. He's a this. He's a that. We don't like him. Remember? That's what I told you. Our appointments are controversial, and theirs are historic. When we appoint gays, they're sellouts. We appoint blacks, they're sellouts. When we appoint Hispanics, they're sellouts. We, meaning Republicans. Conservatives. We nominate blacks, Hispanics, whomever, to the courts. They're to be stopped. You understand what I mean? I'm going to take a call. Don't be shocked. I'm going to take a call. Here we go. Let's go to Rodney. Dixon, North Dakota, XM Satellite. Rodney, go for it, baby. Mark, it is an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. It really Thank is. You. I absolutely Thank love you. your your program. And as I was telling your screener, the day you started with the National Anthem at the beginning of your show, I spent a lot of time in my truck. I removed my hat, I put my hand over my heart, and I drive down the road as best I can without being interrupted until that is finished. That's just that's just Wonderful. the type of person I am. Yes, sir. So then, so, <laughs> look, the damn Republicans are weak, period, mm-hmm. end of story. It's, as I told your screener, it's, it's just like the Geneva Convention. You have one side that follows it. The other side that doesn't, the ones who don't follow all the rules and regulations are the ones who win. But the, mm-hmm. the Republicans will not get in the gutter with these guys and fight fire with fire. We're, we're going to lose, Mark. That's And I hate to say that because I love this country, but we are going to lose if they continue well, down. Well, I'll this- tell you, Rodney, I'll give you an example where you're right on. For instance, Joe Biden is violating multiple federal immigration statutes. And he's also violating multiple federal immigration regulations. Longstanding. He's violating Article 2 of the Constitution. He's not, quote-unquote, taking care that the laws of the nation are executed. There have been multiple Supreme Court decisions on this, whether you personally disagree with them or not. That is, agree with them or not. These are impeachable offenses. You don't have to concoct them. You don't have to play a word game and semantics. It doesn't sound to me like the Republican leadership is prepared to take him on. And they should. And they should. And I don't care what McConnell says in the Senate. He needs to be removed, too. But I agree with you 100%, Rodney. Thanks for your call, my friend. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. 
Elizabeth Warren is a certifiable lunatic. That's well known. Throughout her life and career, she lived a lie that she was a Native American. But she's not a Native American. She's a lunatic. And she continued to lie obsessively. Her mommy told her she's a Native American because of her her jaw structure. Nothing racist about that, I guess. Works her way through Harvard and all kinds of appointments. And she's a brilliant woman. She gets a DNA test that demonstrates that she's like one one billionth Native American. Well, we're all one one billionth Native American. She brags about it. So for Elizabeth Warren, uh, her life has been a lie. And she's a radical kook. Now, I want to remind you, we've been lectured now for two years, more than two years. Follow the science. Follow the science. Follow the science. Some science is actually settled. We now heard that Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the CDC stepped in and said, don't take it anymore. It causes blood clots. A little late, don't you think? I wonder if Facebook and the rest of them minus Twitter, will even allow that CDC pronouncement to be posted. It's so invested in the opposite. Anyway, lunatic Elizabeth Warren was on CBS this morning today. Cut five, go. There's a question, should there be any limits on abortions? You know, I'm going to put it this way. I think that the woman who is most affected should be at the heart of this. Of course. I think that she should be able to call on her partner, right? her mother, um, her priest, her rabbi. She should be able to bring in the people she needs. But in a pregnancy, I don't believe that it is the state that should intervene with its heavy hand mm. and make the decision. You folks understand how far this goes well beyond Roe versus Wade and Casey. That a woman can just consult with whomever she wishes to consult and do as she wishes. As if that other thing isn't a human being. I don't believe there's a country in the world that takes that position. If they do, they're genocidal regimes that don't give a damn about people yet born or people born. Do you understand what she said there? If a woman's about to give birth, and that's a real full-sized, viable baby in the womb, and she consults with somebody, since she's closest to the subject matter, she has 100% say. Not just about her body, not just about her choice, but the body of another human being and their choice. 
You know what drives me nuts about this? That baby can't speak. That baby can't vote. That baby can't organize. That baby can't protest at the Supreme Court. That baby can't protest at the home of justices. That baby has no representation except for those of us who are willing to speak out. None whatsoever. Elizabeth Warren is telling you the position of the Democrat Party. It's not about trimesters anymore. It's not about viability anymore. It's that's not a baby, even though it is a baby. And if you want to kill it, then kill it. Just make sure you say a prayer before you do it. Is that what we've become? Is that who we are? This is sick. This is insane. Follow the science, right, Fauci? Follow the science, right, Burks? That's not what Elizabeth Warren's saying when it comes to a human life. And let me ask you a question. And I'll say it. Certainly at the point of a late term. Certainly at the point of scientifically provable viability. What's more important? The life of the baby or a choice? What's more important? The life of a baby or a choice? You know, death is final. I don't care if it's done on a steel table. With the blessing of Elizabeth Warren. Where the skull is crushed. Inside the womb so we pretend it's not a human being. But at least the woman had a choice, right? And not only did she have a choice, we the federal taxpayers get to pay for it. This is screwed up, big time. Roe versus Wade does not say what Elizabeth Warren said. Casey doesn't say what Elizabeth Warren said. This isn't about a woman's right. This isn't about a woman's body at the point of a viability for sure. This is about saving a life. This is why the Democrat Party is so heartless. With children that are born. What do you mean, Mark? They would have us believe because of decades of propaganda and the inability of conservatives and Republicans to respond. That it is they who care about children because why? Because they, they tax the hell out of you to pay for teachers' unions. Because they believe in a Marxist agenda where you redistribute wealth as if that's the, that's the measure of caring for babies and children. Now, you know what it is? It's a loving mother and father. Honestly, especially a loving mother. But it's a loving husband and wife. It's a healthy nuclear family. You don't care about the children. Listen to them. It's about the woman's choice, even when the baby is viable. It's a woman's choice. It's a choice. 
But it's a human. It's a choice. It's nothing but a choice. And so we have groups that form around this. Because they're alive, these people. And they vote. And they can protest. They can be violent. But the dead babies... Nothing. Do you hear the baby screaming? Do you hear the baby in excruciating pain when their crushed, their skulls are being crushed? Do you ever hear the Democrats in Congress talk about this? Have you ever in your life heard Chuck Schumer speak about this? The reality of what's taking place. The reality. Not the propaganda. Not the bullhorns on the steps of the Supreme Court. With the platitudes. Have you thought about what's going on with that baby? Innocent. Defenseless. Baby. We have laws against torture. We have laws against battery and assault. What do you think is happening to that baby in the womb? Battery and assault. When it's viable, she said no limits. You're killing it. You can throw around the words Roe versus Wade and Casey and women's rights and a woman's body all you want. We can try to justify what's being done, build a political movement around it. It's savage. As I told you the other day, I'm not the most religious person in the world. I didn't come to this conclusion through religion. I came to this conclusion through logic and a conscience. You have to lie to yourself if you don't think that's a baby. You have to lie to yourself if you don't think that baby is in excruciating pain. We know as a matter of fact. You have to lie to yourself if you think this is some kind of a choice. And you have to lie to yourself if you think this is merely about a woman's body. That's a human being, whether it's in a body or in a crib. It's a human being. There's not a religion on the face of the earth. Not one that supports this. Oh, don't get me wrong. There are preachers and rabbis and so forth and so on who defy their own faith, their own ancients, and then use their faith to project and promote a radical agenda. Shame on them. They're the worst of the worst as far as I'm concerned. 
But let's not fool ourselves what we're talking about here. And when you listen to these people, they make no sense whatsoever. Next is marriage. Next is contraceptives. Next is, who says? Nobody says. They say it. Why? Because they want our streets burning. Because they want anarchy. They want a scene. They think it helps them. Why else do they talk this way? Why else do they scream this way? Why else do they lie? Why do they dehumanize babies? Dehumanize babies. Does it get any lower than that? Does it get any lower than that? Ask any real scientist, any real doctor. Partial birth abortion. Does the baby feel pain or not? Yes or no? What does the sonogram show us? What does the technology tell us? It tells us that baby has been tortured to death. That's what it tells us. That's what Elizabeth Warren stands for. That's what four justices on the Supreme Court stand for. That's what Chuck Schumer stands for. That's what Joy Reid stands for. That's what they all stand for. Because the science tells us you're killing a baby. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. All right, one more from the racist Joy Reid from the racist MSNBC, the racist NBC, and apparently the racist Comcast, which so many subsidize, because otherwise, why would you run somebody like this and her racist, so many of her racist guests? Here she is yesterday, cut nine, go. The thing that's so wild about this whole originalism thing, which I can recall um, a lot of Republicans hectoring Katanji Brown-Jackson, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson about originalism. Oh, she was hectored. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean she was questioned about her light sentences for child pornographers and those who use child pornography? I'm sorry. Did that offend you, Joy? May I call you Joy, even though you're not? Go ahead. Originalism. If you go back to the original conception of this country, 
First of all, Melissa and I weren't even people, so forget about us, right? But even women who were white women were considered mm-hmm. absolutely the property and ward of their husband. So to be for Joy tra- Reid, the issue is about slavery. And the issue is about women in the early days of the Republic. Women who were crucially important in the early days of the Republic. Crucially important in the early days of the Republic. And look how she claims the role of representing all women in this country. Does she represent you, America? Joy Reid, with her pathetic, anemic ratings. Does she represent you? I know of no country that was founded without sin. Not in Europe, not in the Middle East, not in Africa, not in North America, not in South America, none. But I know of one country that fought to the death to confront it. Slavery doesn't exist in America anymore except sex slaves on the border, which is out of control as a result of open borders and her party. I assume she's a Democrat. We've talked about that party before. There is slavery in the world. There's slavery in Africa. There's slavery in the Middle East. There's slavery in Asia. But Joy Reid never talks about that. She hates America. She never talks about the Civil War. The casualties during the Civil War. Or the civil rights movements that we've had in this country. She never pins any blame on the Democrat Party. The same Democrat Party that's pushing abortion on demand. Why is that? Notice she doesn't talk about all those little black kids. And brown kids. And yes, white kids who are being aborted. She doesn't speak up for them. It's not her narrative. It's not her narrative. Does she care about children? Does she sound like she cares about children? I mean, it's shocking. It's shocking that a person like this is given a national platform. I mean, the ratings demonstrate people don't want to listen, but why do they keep promoting her and her show on this Comcast-owned platform? I'll be right back. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. 
or choose unlimited data and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. This is the Ministry of Truth. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, let's, uh, let's follow Joy Reid here. It's the fault of white men. And what we're talking about here is the right of white women and black women. In fact, in some respects, it's the fault of black men. If I'm understanding her correctly, which isn't easy, because my mind doesn't work this way. Let me ask you a question. Whose fault is it when little babies are aborted? Little African-American babies. The founders? The founders of the country? The revolutionaries? The framers of the Constitution? Whose fault is that? She doesn't talk about that. Because she comes from this perspective, as the radical left does, that these aren't babies. So she's distracting. She's diverting. She wants you to believe that we're just going back to a time when men controlled women. And women have a right to control their body. But what if we're talking about babies? What if we're talking about viable human beings? including viable human beings that are minority human beings in this country. Little, black, brown, Jewish babies. Whatever. If it's a woman's right to choose, Mr. Producer, correct? Then I guess it's not really white men or black men we're making the decision, correct? So who's doing it? The mother. Joy Reid's own logic is appalling. She's such a moron. She's such a hater. She's so poisonous. And unfortunately, I'll say what I've been saying every day. If somebody wants an abortion, they'll get an abortion. Paid for by the taxpayer if they can't afford it. If it's not one city, it'll be another city. If it's not one state, it'll be another state. So their argument comes down to inconvenience. That it's inconvenient. It's what it comes down to. The first draft, which should be the last draft, it's outstanding, that Alito wrote and the other four brilliant constitutionalists apparently supported, 
makes it clear they're only talking about abortion and they're only talking about the federal constitution and the states are relatively free to do whatever states do. And so Elizabeth Warren wants states to allow the killing, they call it abortion, the killing of a baby right before birth through an excruciatingly painful process. It's okay, says Elizabeth. And you know what? The court has not ruled that unconstitutional. And you know what else? The legal system in many of these blue states has upheld it. Pretty sick if you ask me, but nonetheless they've upheld it. So it comes down to inconvenience. It's inconvenient, you see. And as I've said early on here, it seems to me the left and their so-called nonprofit groups don't have any problems moving illegal aliens all over the country by the hundreds of thousands, by the millions, from one end of the country to the other, by plane, train, bus, automobile. It's inconvenient, you see. There should be nothing in the way, nothing. No rules, no regulations. They don't even want certain doctors licensed to do this, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing. Nothing should stand in the way. That's how important this is. Not even a couple of days. No. And they want to impose their will on the entirety of the country, even though a good part of the country can't stand this idea. Doesn't matter. Can't have a patchwork of systems, I heard this Klobuchar say, even though that's the whole point of the of the state system. Can't have a patchwork. No, no, no. Everybody has to be able to have an abortion on demand paid for by the government. That's the way it's got to be. Supreme Court says, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's really none of our business. You see that? They hate women. The Supreme Court has essentially said... It's none of our business. These decisions aren't ours. That goes way too far. You can't say it's none of your business. We insist that you impose your will on every corner of the country. And if you don't, well, have I told you about slavery and the founding of America? What? Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, the key here is the other person is not viewed as a person. It's as a cold-blooded argument. You have to pretend that that's not a person. The science tells you it is. You have to pretend that it's not. Then it comes easy. And it's not a big deal in terms of the law or how you think. Then you just keep yelling, it's a woman's right, it's a woman's right, it's a woman's right. Even though many women in this country oppose it. But no, no, it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, it's a woman's... That's why I keep saying, what is it, a bologna sandwich, a salon? What is it exactly? But Elizabeth Warren says, even at the last second, and she's not alone, Schumer believes it, Pelosi believes it, quite frankly, virtually all of the Democrats in Congress and in the media believe it, that's why they don't confront these tough issues. 
And there's no reporters around to confront them. That's why you have shows like The View that are part of the destruction of the culture. I mean, really, the dumbest of the dumb. I'll give you a perfect example. This is somebody named Sonny Hostin on The View today. Nothing to do with abortion, but this is what I mean. The dumbest of the dumbest. Cut 10, go. I know this may be a novel point, a novel idea for somebody who's, you know, a supporter of Trump, but there are people who are capable of being related and not having ethical interests. Many things that I don't stand by that Trump Mm -hmm. did. Trump has done things that are racist. I'm a black woman first, so always understand that. Mm -hmm. But I do say that I have many conservative values that I will talk to you about. And so if you look at your network that you're standing behind, yes, and when you look at your network that you're standing behind, you're saying that you look at Chris Cuomo. I feel like that's an oxymoron, a black Republican. You feel like it's an oxymoron. I do. Why? Your friend right here is a Republican. We had She's this conversation. Not, stop, you stop, do. Stop. You right, say so you stop. Like- so stop. This is a lawyer. She just sits there and shoots spitballs. I feel like that's an oxymoron, a black Republican. An oxymoron? You're just a regular moron. She stereotypes... She puts down God knows how many Americans, including Americans who have fought for this country and are Republicans, including police officers who are Republicans, including men and women of all walks of life who are black and brown who are Republicans, and more and more, as a matter of fact. So in other words, if you don't embrace their radical agenda, abortion on demand, open borders, Massive deficit spending causing inflation, redistribution of wealth, none of which affects these wealthy women, by the way. I think I'll call them women for now. You can't be black and a Republican, she's saying. Why do they go? Do they go to an asylum to pick these women on the view? Are they all mentally ill? Are they all unhinged head cases? I think they are. It's like... A room full of Morton Downey Juniors, but all women. But Morton Downey Jr. had more principles than these women. I think I'll call them women. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Let me ask you women out there a question. Are you doing better under Joe Biden and the Democrats? The people who are supported by Joy Reid and Sonny Hostin, whoever that is. 
Are you doing better? There's a lot of women out there, many of them single. Are you able to pay your bills? How about you women out there who work and you have to drive a car back and forth to work? How's that going? The price of gasoline. The price of food for everybody. The price of clothing. How's it going under the Democrats? You really feel your rights have expanded? Tell me, where have the Democrats expanded your rights? Have they improved your lifestyle? I mean, the fact of the matter is, when you're destroying an economy, you're destroying an economy for all the inhabitants of the country. And what about it? Do you feel better under the Democrats when they won't even acknowledge a definition for women? When your daughters and your grandchildren, that is your daughters and your granddaughters, are having their athletics in public schools and colleges and universities destroyed? How you doing under the Democrats? You doing okay? Just curious. When they shut down businesses during the pandemic, when they forced your parents and grandparents into nursing homes where people had COVID. Do you feel good about that? What the Democrats were doing and demanding? Did you feel good about it? I'm just curious. I'll tell you again what I said before. This obsession with abortion and the, and the lies about what we're dealing with, other human beings, and the lies about how it's going to spread to marriage and so forth, why are they doing this? Because I believe that they believe in population control. They used to be out of the closet when they said these things. I mean, after all, the founder of Planned Parenthood believed in population control. Did you know that? Particularly with minorities. Did you know that? To me, I think for many, this is the underlying issue. But they won't say it. They won't say it. If you're a fanatic that Americans eat too much, that Americans use too much fuel, and that this is harming other countries and other people in other countries, one of the ways you reduce that is what? By limiting the population of the United States. I'm, I'm just telling you what I think. It's not provocative. It's not anything. It's what I believe is going on here. I do not believe they want to openly admit this because I think it would repulse most Americans but how else do you explain it how else do you explain it they know it's not just about a woman's body they know that viability means that's a baby even pre-viability they know the science these politicians, they know that the Supreme Court didn't do what they said it did. So why are they doing this? 
While Mark insists to get their base wild. Base wild about what? About what? I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Please do not miss this Sunday's Life, Liberty, and Living. I don't think you've ever heard me mention it so many times. And to encourage you, if you can't watch it live at 8 p.m. Eastern, to please record it on your DVR and pass the word to your email list, to your family, friends, coworkers. Because... I think it's, I mean, I think people will be talking about it the next day, so I would encourage you to do that if you can. The tablet is an outstanding site. They do really deep dives into important subjects. Armin Rosen writes, who funds the campaign to smear and pressure Elon Musk? Elon Musk's Maybe impending purchase of Twitter is being treated not as a mere business acquisition, but as a kind of twilight battle over the fate of the American experiment. Maybe there was a time when hypothetical and probably minor changes to the terms of service of a social networking website could be seen as eminently survivable event without any larger implications for long-established rights and customs, like free speech. But those days are gone now, as evidenced by yet another high-profile, strong-arm effort by a weirdly open combination of private and public powers acting in unison to taint or scuttle the Twitter sale. On May 3, merely three days ago, a trio of so-called advocacy groups sent a letter to Twitter's major corporate advertisers, including image-conscious and regulation-sensitive heavyweights like Coca-Cola and Disney urging them to pull their business from Twitter if Musk proves unwilling to censor speech on the platform to those organizations' satisfaction. Quote, Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter will further toxify our information ecosystem and be a direct threat to the public safety, began the missive, distributed under the letterhead of Media Matters for America, Accountable Tech and Ultraviolet, and co-signed by another two dozen groups, including the Women's March, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, and NARAL Pro-Choice America. These groups are promising to mobilize their activists and whatever other resources they may have to punish companies that will stick by Twitter if it junks its pre-must content moderation regime. The pitch was a simple one. Nice store you got there. It would be a shame if somebody threw a rock through your window. Must seem to take the not-so-subtle threats of brand damage of possible federal regulation as a challenge. Quote, who funds these organizations that want to control your access to information? Let's investigate. Must suggested on Twitter. But while the question showed moxie, its scope was also clearly too limited. Better to ask, what function do these so-called advocacy groups serve and for whom? Media Matters for America, Accountable Tech and Ultraviolet, 
are all led by former senior Democratic staffers in Congress, the executive branch, and major political campaigns. They all receive funding from liberal foundations that donate widely to Democrats or from advocacy organizations like labor unions that are deeply involved in Democratic Party politics. All three are creatures of the broad Democratic Party apparatus. They are the party's attack arm. There's nothing automatically wrong with the public-private vertical representing one outside of the American political duopoly deciding to treat the takeover a web platform popular with journalists and other people with master's degree as if it's a high-stakes special election in a purple congressional district. But the letter and the work of its three main sponsors still reveals the application of political campaign-style tactics, organization, and rhetoric to an ever-expanding and potentially unlimited variety of contexts. Welcome to the world of fully automated political warfare and about everything all the time. The Democratic Party ties of these advocacy groups, so-called, might also show the purpose of their anti-Musk efforts. It's to remind him that he's an enemy of the party, which holds a great deal of formal power, including control of Congress and the presidency. The point here is to threaten Twitter's new owner into supposed voluntary compliance with party ideology. So who are these groups threatening to break the windows of Elon Musk's shiny new acquisition? Media Matters, the David Brock-led bulwark against Fox News, is by far the best known. The organization launched in 2004 with the help from the Center for American Progress, Hillary Clinton, and Clinton's 2016 campaign manager, John Podesta, and apparently received $1 million from George Soros. With over $14.1 million in revenue reported in 2019, according to their latest tax returns, Media Matters represents the mainstream face of center-left advocacy. Former Democratic National Committee Chair and Obama Labor Secretary Tom Perez and former Planned Parenthood Chief Cecil Richards are on the group's board of directors. CEO Angelo Caruso served as Deputy CEO for Finance and Administration, of the 2016 Democratic National Convention. Several Media Matters staffers are well-known pundits who frequently appear in outlets like MSNBC, further blurring the lines between the Democratic Party spin apparatus and organizations that still insist on presenting themselves as the so-called press. A Washington Post reporter Taylor Lorenz needed experts a noun that's lost all connection to anything real and is functionally useless by any careful writer or speaker of English in order to validate the even more pressing evil of the libs of TikTok Twitter account, she turned to the folks at Media Matters. You can go to Media Matters and you'll see their endless war on me, on other talk radio hosts, on Fox News. And shockingly enough, one of their senior, um, I don't know if he's an official, but senior person, with a very close relationship to Media Matters, sits on the board of directors of Cumulus Media. You believe that, Mr. Producer? The company I work for. Accountable Tech represents the Democrat Party's online dark money operation. Ironically, for a group with the word accountable in its name, Accountable Tech is a 501c4, meaning it doesn't have to disclose its donors. No matter, as right-wing investigative think tank, quote-unquote, Capital Research Group discovered... Accountable Tech is one of the Washington, D.C. registered alternate names of the North Fund. The North Fund is an advocacy group that receives $19.3 million in 2020 
from something called the 1630 Fund, an outfit which The Atlantic described as the indisputable heavyweight of Democratic dark money. 1630 is in turn one of several opaque and highly capitalized center-left donor groups under the management of a nonprofit-focused consulting firm called Arabella Advisors. You see how they wash their money through and cover up the sources? The North Fund, the mothership, paid Arabella 942000 in fees in 2020, according to their last tax return. Got that? Clearly, Accountable Tech is very dedicated to accountability, as are the people who pay its bills. Yeah, right. Accountable Tech appears to exist at the bottom layer of an opaque funding architecture, glutted with billions of dollars in cash. According to an investigation by a Montana newspaper, not the New York Times or the Washington Post, which was curious as to what this strange group was doing, spending millions of dollars in favor of marijuana legalization in a distant and sparsely populated state, the North Fund's office in Washington, D.C. is an empty Potemkin headquarters, managed by a pay-by-the-month address for a higher service. This despite ranking, raking in $66.3 million in 2020. The co-founder and public face of Accountable Tech is Jesse Lerick, who was the foreign policy spokesperson for Hillary Clinton's defeated 2016 presidential campaign. Boy, Hillary's claws are behind all of this, just as it was behind Russia collusion. What an evil human being. In July of 2017, Lerich acknowledged to Business Insider that while working for Clinton, he had sounded the alarm on these Kremlin connections tying Moscow to the former Secretary of State's Republican opponent. That would be Trump. And we knew more shoes would drop. In reality, the alleged links between Trump and Russia that Lerich peddled to the media turned out to either be trivial or false. Since his new organization became operational in mid-2020, a majority of the emails that it sent out have been aimed at one company in particular, according to the archive of political emails. Facebook, with subject lines like 26% stock drop for Facebook's birthday. And Congress must investigate Facebook. Evidently, the reported $400 million that Mark Zuckerberg shelled out to Democrat Party support elected-related causes, like targeted get-out-the-vote voter education and fair balloting, so-called, was not enough to ease the company's refusal to kick Trump off the site during the election, which in turn recalled the company's original sin of allowing itself to be used as a conduit for Vladimir Putin. And then there's Ultraviolet, the third member of the left's break Elon Musk's Windows gang is funded through groups like the American Federation of Teachers and the Libra Foundation, the donor organization for a billionaire member of the left-wing Pritzker family. Remember that name? Pritzker? The governor of Illinois? Ultraviolet is unique in the staid world of NGOs for sharing a name with an Andy Warhol superstar. The group was Me Too before Me Too existed getting the sneaker company Reebok to drop the rapper Rick Ross as a pitchman in 2013 over his purported support of rape culture and so forth. But the foundation does more than target successful black musicians. The height of the hallucinatory Brett Kavanaugh sexual assault opera saw ultraviolet trained activists, trained activists, bracing then Jeff Flake in a Capitol Hill elevator manufacturing an instantly viral moment amid one of the most unhinged political episodes of the entire Trump era. In fact, the group had trained over 300 volunteers to walk the halls of the Senate office buildings. I wonder how many of them are in prison. 
and confront whatever lawmakers they came across, a tactic the group then openly bragged about. Ultraviolet is, of course, founded and led by someone with a career in professional democratic politics, in this case by the former head of the Congressional Progressive Caucus nonprofit arm, Shauna Thomas. And it goes on and on. What really unites these groups isn't an ideology or a common donor list or a shared agenda or the prominent place of the Democrat Party in the resumes of their leadership. What binds them is a project to expand the partisan background until nothing and no one is exempt from the end-time struggle they might sincerely believe themselves to be waging. And that includes against you, a.k.a. they are, in my view, American Marxists targeting Elon Musk behind millions and millions of dark money. Democrats, Democrat staffers. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. John O'Neill, who I've never met, but I read a piece he wrote recently, and then I realized he's just written a fantastic book. He graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy, uh, decorated service in Vietnam uh, at the top of his class, Texas University of Texas Law School. He clerked for Chief Justice Rehnquist um, and so many other uh, fascinating and outstanding achievements. Uh, it's nice to meet you, sir. How are you? Oh, oh, thank you, Mark. I've uh, honestly uh, heard you for many years, and so it's a great honor to be on your show. And I think I've read all your books, too. Well, thank you. You're the one. <clears throat> well, uh, this uh, book that you've written with your co-author, The Dancer and the Devil, Stalin, Pavlova, and the Road to the Great Pandemic, this is a fascinating book that's, that's so relevant today. So I want to talk to you about this. You've got Putin's attacks on Ukraine. You've got uh, the Chinese and the release of this virus. And um, how, do you, how do you relate this? How do you see this? Well, the way I really see it, uh, Mark, uh, I think your American Marxism, which is a fabulous book, is a book about how we stop the Marxists Marxist from taking over. And I think, sadly, The Dancer and the Devil is the story of the hell they create when they actually do take over in Stalin's period in Putin, Russia, and in Yeltsin's, I mean, in uh, Xi's China. Um, when we tried to write the book, we wrote the book, I and my co-author, and I should tell you, we had a uh, incident. We had the entire book on a computer. All of a sudden, um, the computer was opened at 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, that seemed strange, and my co-author's website was hit from uh, probably – 40 different places in China. And then wow. uh, the, all the material on the cloud was all destroyed. And we went to the, uh, they were looking for sources. We went to the FBI. They recommended a forensics expert. We got the forensics expert and our book was hit. Uh, our manuscripts and our sources were hit from China. They didn't get the sources, thank God, uh, that would relate directly to China. And uh, so this is a book they really didn't want people to read at all. And that is, uh, it that was is funny because when we, when we went to get it published, the publishers in New York said, we love the book. We love the part about Stalin, but you have to take out the part about China. And we said, uh, look, sorry, you know, 
been around for a little while, and it's either a full glass of water or no glass of water. So there, people desperately want to know, Mark, 15 million people in the world have died, a million Americans, and they really want to know what on earth happened at Wuhan. How did this virus come about? And yet we're afraid to, afraid to tell. It's like a subject that people are afraid to discuss. So that's, the, that's how it's done. That is sort of the end game of the book. Um, what the book does is it starts with the, the real way this came about is Stalin started with liternoid poisonings. He started with secret poisonings using anthrax, and he would target individual people and kill them. And he thought this was such a great thing. He started a huge bioweapons facility still in operation today under Putin at Siratov in the Soviet Union, west of uh, east of Moscow. And another one in, in uh, Yekaterinburg in the, in the Urals. These both leaked, as described in the book. Um, the one at Yekaterinburg killed over a thousand people, and they blamed it on tainted meat, if that sounds familiar. Those, mm-hmm. those bioweapons labs expanded into uh, China. And in the Putin period, Putin has, has licked, uh, lighted them all off again. So they're in full operation. Uh, of course, as the book describes, in 1977, China was involved in in uh, developing a vaccine to a flu that existed only in its own lab. And that leaked and went worldwide. I, I had the 1977 flu. And it was pretty much what is very likely to have happened again in Wuhan, China, in 2019. Um, You're a great lawyer. You know, and I start off with the idea, sort of res ipsa loquitur, the thing speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. When you have a a terrible virus that exists nowhere at all in nature, and it appears right on the doorstep of a bio-war lab, uh, Mm. that counts for me for a lot. And then the Chinese killed the doctor who actually discovered it after charging him with uh, revealing state secrets destroyed all the records as a lawyer. When I get a guy destroying all the records, I understand that. That means mm-hmm. that the, the evidence they contain is so bad that even the fact of destruction is not as bad as, uh, as what you'd learn from them. And so um, we cover the, the Wuhan lab in the, in the book. All right, John, I want to hold you over. I want to get into this a little bit more. I want to get into Putin and, uh, you know, his hero Stalin a little bit more. And uh, so we'll bring it to present day as well. This is a fantastic book, folks. I hope you'll get your copy, The Dancer and the Devil. The Dancer and the Devil, you can get it at Amazon.com or any real bookstore. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Mark Luffin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. This is a a fascinating book, folks. The Dancer and the Devil, Stalin, Pavlova, and the Road to the Great Pandemic. Uh, Just a terrific book. John O'Neill is the co-author of the book with a fantastic background. John, uh, I want to talk specifically about Putin now. Um, How do you read him? What do you make of him? Well, important to understand his background. His grandfather was Stalin's cook and taster. His uh, father was an exterminator for the KGB. He went behind the Red Army in the Ukraine shooting people in the back of the head. So when Putin talks about we need to denazify the the Ukraine— He's, he's, he's a chip off the old family block. Uh, mm-hmm. Putin himself has never been in combat or, or of any kind, but he has been a KGB guy. And he's surrounded by the, a group that calls themselves the strongmen that are all KGB uh, people. Um, he's committed, of course, uh, completely. Um, he, he's totally indifferent to human beings. Um, his, by way of example, his... Uh, there was a guy named Sawblack, who was his mentor. He was the mayor of St. Petersburg, and he was a reformer. After Putin became prime minister, they asked Slobak, tell us about Putin. And he said, Putin is the new Stalin. And Slobak and his two bodyguards all had simultaneous heart attack. Two days later, Slobak died. Um, and Putin has been a poisoner and a murderer using litanoid poisons, both inside Russia and outside Russia for the past 20 years. And so, he has an outfit called yeah. Units uh, 26155, whose job is assassination, Mark. Say that again? Can you I hear me it. okay? Yeah, I missed it. I spoke over you. Say that again? The assassination I'm sorry, I'm squad? Gonna... I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, call right back in no 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 no. you're fine you're fine i'm asking you oh he can't hear us right now all right let's call him back what should i do play music tap dance what should i do this is so damn frustrating every night uh i don't think it's by mistake either i really don't there are ways to cut into these uh, calls and somebody's cutting into these calls i don't know if we can ever track it down or not but it's true it's very strange that we have people in this country who romanticize Putin. He's a mass murderer. And he comes from a family of killers. 
and he does admire Stalin, which is what John O'Neill is saying. And you can see what they're doing in, in Ukraine, which is horrific. The slaughter that's taking place. So um, I'm going to take a call now as we wait. We got John back. Okay. So, John, you were saying Putin has a, an assassination group, correct? He does. And uh, the way they were caught, they, they used a, a poison in England on a group called the Scruples. And idiotically, these guys showed up on videotape. I mean, on a, on a, you know, on a video. And so they have Facebook entries, Mark, and they actually caught them on Facebook. They tracked them back then to 14 different murders in the, uh, in the United Kingdom alone. And they've been murdering people all over Russia and, and in other places. Uh, in the last, uh, seven weeks, six different oligarchs have oligarchs worth uh, over a half billion apiece have all supposedly committed suicide, usually killing their, their families. Oh, so wait a minute. He's knocking off oligarchs as we speak, you're saying? He, he, the, there was a family, the Protosenias in Spain. Um, they find, found him hung. They found his uh, child and his wife both chopped to death with an axe. Um, everybody says that he loved his wife and child. He called his daughter Princess. That was done to give a message to all the other people in Russia while being deniable to give a message that if you oppose me, I will not only kill you, I will kill your little children. And uh, so that's you're dealing with a monster in Putin, uh, a, uh, a cold-blooded, heartless killer, just exactly like Stalin. Why do you think there's some people in the United States who who intentionally overlook these facts they overlook what's going on in ukraine in terms of the slaughter or they kind of cover it up and i call this the putin wing in the republican party and the democrat party in the media why do you think that is i think they don't know history mark honestly you know stalin killed somewhere between six and eight million people in the ukraine 1932 to 1934 as you know and then he subjugated them and so they finally became free again. Well, I, in my opinion, if, if you are enslaved and you become free, it's very hard to enslave you again. And, of course, Putin believes their natural um, position is slavery. And six to eight million people, so what? So what if they lost six to eight million? And uh, I think that uh, people in the United States don't, don't understand history, some of them. Uh, they, they certainly don't know the history of the Ukraine. Uh, they're actually very brave people that stand at Mirapol is a, is a, those are called the Mirapol Marines. Uh, they were trained by our Marine Corps. There are about 2,700 of them uh, down to, you know, six or 700 now. And, um, that's a legendary stand. That's like the stand at the, you know, uh, Alcazar, Toledo or the Alamo. Uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing that they've been able to hold on against a, you know, Russian force of 30 or 40,000. It is amazing. And then what do you make of the uh, Russian army? Are you impressed with them? Uh, I, I, I think I understand them because I, I think back to Vietnam and being in warfare, Mark, and if someone told me to kill women and children and to bomb refugees, you know, my heart wouldn't be in the whole thing. I wouldn't do it, actually. And I think that's what he's incurring. He's 
actually attacking a friendly, uh, you know, fellow Slavic nation without cause or reason. And I think their heart is not in the fight. Um, that's that's what I read. Uh, I also think their their tactics were very bad. They came in with armor and with planes, as people did in World War II or we did in the Gulf War. But with these missiles, uh, the Javelin missiles, where a guy can sit in a spider hole and then launch a missile two and a half miles away, the day of the tank is over in warfare. It, you, we won't see it again in our lifetime. And I think that they were years and years behind strategically. And so I think it was a combination of an absence of will to go do it and, and poor tactics. What do you think about the threat of nuclear arms? Although the foreign minister, or foreign ministry rather, spokesman for the foreign ministry said today, no, we're not planning on using nuclear weapons. What do you make of all that? I think the real threat, Mark, is that somebody coughs. And that may sound silly, but this guy's got the most advanced bioweapons program on Earth. In the 2012 Russian presidential debate, the communist candidate said, you haven't taken care of our army. And Putin said, you don't know about our genetics program. And so he's been pouring money into bioweapons programs. And so I think the real fear, um, if they go to, is going to what he describes as special weapons. In other words, they go to uh, chemical and biological weapons of one kind or another. And I think that, you know, in, in an extreme example, somebody coughs in Kansas and you have people coming down with smallpox, which none of us are immunized for anymore. Mm-hmm. Or uh, he's got agricultural diseases. That he's got an entire area of Russia, according to, this is all according to a man named Kenneth Albeck, who was the number two guy in their bioweapons program, who wrote a book called uh, Biohazards. But according to Albeck, they have an entire um uh, entire location whose only job is to produce uh, things like African swine virus and things that kill animals and things that kill crops. And so I think that his special weapons are the threat from him. I don't think, I don't see him using nuclear weapons because I, I, of the, what comes back as, as the book relates when Stalin, you know, planned to use nuclear weapons, um, very assassinated. And I, I think that that is liable to happen too. And, can I tell you a joke now in Russia? The friend of mine who left Russia told well, me. Oh, you have to be that. real quick. Here it is. Quick. Putin said, uh, to, went to a fortune teller and he said, What do you see? And the fortune teller said, I see a large you in a limousine, a large crowd cheering. And Putin said, Was I waving back? And the fortune teller said, No, it was a closed casket servant. That's oh, a typical geez. Russian joke. Uh, anyway, good. I hope people we can hope. read this. All right, the book is The Dancer and the Devil, Stalin, Pavlova. We barely touched the surface here. And the road to the great pandemic, if you really want to understand what's taking place, not just with Russia, but with China, as well as these assassinations and what is likely to occur in the future. Uh, John has really a fantastic background in these things, and you're going to love this book, The Dancer and the Devil, Stalin, Pavlova, and the Road to the Great Pandemic. You can get it on Amazon.com right now, any major bookstore. John, thank you, my friend, and we will be right back. Mark Lovin. This January 6th committee is seeking uh, Rudy Giuliani's testimony. So Rudy said, look, 
I'll do it if it's public testimony. They said no. He said, all right, alternatively, I'll do it if we can record it. They said no. Rudy said, stick it. I would do exactly the same. They don't want the light of public scrutiny. They don't want the light of public scrutiny, and they don't want a recording made. They want to be able to leak. This is really a rogue, cancerous, anti-American operation, this January 6th committee. It's Mr. Producer's birthday today. It was Mr. Call Screener's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, boys. It's my son Chase's birthday on May 11th. Happy birthday, son. And it's Mother's Day Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all you wonderful women out there. And yes, I said women, ladies, because those of us who really love the women in our lives know how to define a woman. Let me just make that abundantly clear. All right, ladies and gentlemen, every Friday in your honor, America. Here we go.
Father's Day, all you wonderful women out there and ladies, Mom, Sylvia, my Julie. Don't forget, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you're out, please DVR Life, Liberty, and Live In. It is an incredible show. I'm exposing the New York Times once and for all. Good night, all my beautiful little doggies. All my doggies who I miss so much, Barney. Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. And America, stay strong. Enjoy your moms. Enjoy your wives. And I will see you right back here on Monday. Don't forget Sunday's show. God bless you.